Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with Sarah Sutton, founder of Truce. She is a certified executive coach and specializes in integrative leadership, well-being transformations, including sustainable weight loss coaching, particularly from a spiritual foundation aligned with your deepest held values and beliefs. Sarah is my coach, and therefore this is a unique conversation. We do talk about Sarah's path and how she created a successful executive coaching business, and we talk about some of my personal breakthroughs along with what the coaching process is really like. Sarah is really special and has a unique way of getting through to what is most important. I'm so excited for you to meet her and to get to hear her in action, and I'm really grateful that I found her. In this episode, we learn what inspired her to pivot to a career in coaching, what does the coaching process look like, and how is it different from therapy, and when is the right time to seek a coach. Listen in to find out and enjoy this episode. Sarah, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. I feel like I'm, you know, they talk about like you have chips with people. This is definitely like an, a chip exchange where I feel like I'm going to owe you a chip at some point because I really appreciate you uh, being on the program. And in, there's a couple of reasons. One, I think you have a really interesting story of how you've navigated to your business now. So I want to talk about that. But then obviously, personally, you know, you and I have had a coach-coachy relationship. You've been my coach. And so I think throughout this conversation, where it makes sense, we can weave in a little bit of some of the things that I've learned from working with you. You know, as a coach myself, it's an interesting dynamic of being an executive coach myself and having my own experiences. But then, you know, being in as the coachee (laughs) and Mm -hmm. finding somebody that you can connect with and finding somebody that gets it and finding someone that challenges you. I think for me personally, I've told you this privately, but I think it's worth mentioning it here that for me, you know, you have been that great uh, intersection point of all those things. So for me to find somebody that I think resonates and understands me but also that challenging piece and and digging in a little bit and I know like we've joked that I think because of kind of who I am and how I operate I might keep you on your toes at some to some extent as well of like you're like well we went in an interesting direction today that might not be always you know what you plan for so that's the organic nature of coaching and yeah I will be the first to admit that ever since I discovered coaching I've had a coach in my life because you know you get in your own way you yeah. just it really has have that outside perspective to draw things into the light and help you shift so yes, thank you for been a privilege to partner with you in that way oh thank you so much yeah so I'm speaking with Sarah Sutton and you are the owner and founder of Truce and so Let's talk a little bit. We'll just start with where um, you are now and what you focus on with your coaching business. Great, thanks. Uh, Yes, so my business is focused on helping particularly professional women to really balance their leadership with their self-care. So little backstory is that I started 
my business solidly as the health and wellness coaching business. And, you know, so everything around wellness, weight loss, healthy eating, sure, definitely stress management. And then years ago, I realized I was really attracting professional women. You know, I still coach some men, but professional women. And it, it was coaching is very organic process. So sometimes we'd be talking wellness, sometimes we'd be talking their leadership development. And I realized that that was kind of, that was really a missing niche mm-hmm. you know, that in order to, you know, that we need both, best of both. And in fact, what I also found is that the mindset that you apply to one area of your life absolutely applies to your profession as well and, and vice versa. So that's the angle that I've been working in because of that passion for well-being, having been significantly overweight myself, it will never go away. Now it's more about stress management, resilience, work-life balance, setting boundaries, um, but that's definitely needed today. It's interesting because I feel like as we've worked together and as I've matured and grown in my journey, having similar issues and struggles along the way with with weight management and stress and balance and all of that, one of the things I've learned is that it is all connected. So when you talk about, you know, leadership and you talk about being able to, like high performance, let's talk about high performance leaders as a category Mm -hmm. of people (laughs) and then what is it that makes that leader succeed or what is it what are those secret ingredients and I think a a portion of that is the is the well-being in a you know it is the the whole view but it's all these different spokes I think that make that entirety of that person be able to be kind of the best version of themselves and I remember when you and I first spoke And for me, I was very clear on what it was that I was looking for, which was I felt like I was sort of 80% there, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to that self-actualization experience of like really feeling like I was operating at a higher level frequency. And one of the things you helped me see and that we've worked together was this idea of like, where are you doing that really well already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, if it's kind of a gap in this one space, wh- you know, what is contributing that? And, you know, we've kind of went down that path. So it's just interesting when you think of it and you pull back and you look at the whole view of it. Uh, it's just there's so much meat there to to work with yes. in terms of, you know, being able to see, I think, transformation in people. Can you talk a little bit about what a typical is a day is like for you uh, in your like kind of where you are now in your practice? I mean, it's it, what's interesting is that I get a chance to model, you know, my own balance. Right. So yeah. wake up. I mean, we're in the summertime now. So wake up early, you know, might take the dog for a a dog walk slash I'm putting in air quotes jog yeah. because you know, really her stopping and sniffing while I jog in place and uh, <laughs> you know but getting some sort of movement and getting into you know probably some anchoring I call it anchoring time some form of prayer or meditation to really just set the tone of my day and then it's a total mix I mean I I do have some boundaries in place of with clients of like client sessions start at eight they might go as late as like 5.30, but there's a mix of administration uh, tasks and connecting with colleagues, connecting with you know potential and you know, corporate engagements. So that is really a whole mix. Um, but I also found that, and again, you've, maybe you're not terribly privy to this since I'm, you know, maybe we've been coaching on this, but it's having, allowing for some decompression time because 
like anyone, I would just keep on if I I know that if I work until eight, nine o'clock at night, I'm still thinking about it overnight. And so that disrupts my sleep. So yeah. needing to hold my own boundaries with that and um, have more fluidity with my personal and my professional life. That's fine. But I need to still have some parameters. Yes, that rest and recovery piece of being able to take a step away to challenge your brain in different ways you know that's been a big thing we've talked a lot about actually yeah for for me in particular with trying to make sure that there's variety you know that that there's some other aspects to the day than just the like hard burn yeah I mean you mentioned a moment ago about like and really I would say 85 percent of coaching is about mindset so you you mentioned about the you know, what is it that you do in your professional life? Like, how could that mindset be applied to really hitting it in the lifestyle? And it is very much about the, you know, somehow we've come up with that, oh, I can really persevere, you've learned successes. Well, how can you can you apply those to your professional life? And it works as a flip too. So like, how is it, how is your drive professionally maybe getting in the way of healthy lifestyle habits. Mm -hmm. Where do you need to actually reclaim time for yourself so that it does calm any stress eating tendencies or whatnot? And actually then how interesting is it that it dovetails better to you, you know, being more focused on the job or it helps you to slow down to create those relationships that also would would help you to be more successful. Again, it's it's so interesting. I can't even I can't even tease it all out, but it does have this really inter the in mindset in both areas of life. Uh, you know, really do play in a beautiful way. Absolutely. And I want to take a moment to congratulate you on your recent certification because that is not an easy thing to accomplish. So you just acquired your MCC, is that right? I did. And I'm pleased to say that, so master certified yep. coach, I'm pleased to say that um, according to the International Coaching Federation, only 4% of coaches globally um, have that distinction. And it's been, I started coaching so long ago, both my programs um, were not accredited. So I had to really prove, they call it robustly document the training. I certainly had all the coaching hours, need to have 2,500 plus coaching hours. But in working with a mentor coach last year, it was especially helping me to refine the art along with the science of coaching which is very much about trusting the process, trusting yourself, trusting the, the coachee. Um, and it really has that that fluidity that is the magic of coaching where you just, they call it getting to a generative moment where mm-hmm. it's, there's a shift that really can be life impacting. And I that gets me excited and wanting to do it again, every client, every day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and that leads me to this question, which I think is perfect segue I think the coaching industry and coaching as a practice is fairly well known now, particularly, I would say, in the corporate space. I do know there's a lot more open dialogue around executive coaching and coaching in general. I think that people understand it as a term, but they don't really get what it is. And Mm -hmm. and when we talk about coaching, you know, I've had people tell me before, like, isn't it just therapy? And it's not therapy. So it's very different than therapy. Uh, and given now that you're, you know, the master certified, I'm, I think it would be really helpful to maybe anchor on what it is. Um, what What yes. is the process? Give people a little bit more color on um, what they can expect when they go to meet with a coach. 
Yeah, thanks. And there is a distinct scope of practice. So I, the way I like to think of it is there are four processes that we're constantly cycling through. The first step is uncovering the ways that we're getting in our own way. Maybe we're somewhat aware of those self-sabotaging thoughts and beliefs, but we just can't see to the end of our own noses. So it really helps to have that outside perspective to draw it into the light. And then it's about shifting perspective in a way that opens up new possibilities. So reigning in that all or nothing thinking. Now that is definitely about the cognitive shifting, which I feel like most behavior change programs are missing out on. They get right to the like, oh, here's what I should be doing without spending that time. But it's distinct from counseling in that we're not taking a deep dive into the past. We're not answering like why things happen, but it's okay where I am in, in this moment in time, what do I wanna do now? And then the third and the fourth aspects are about commitment and, and action. So it's not just talking, you know, I think counseling is even changing. So it's not just talk, but that's what where coaching excels is to really take the learning and apply it with action. Now, how that plays out is that it's, it has some fluidity, but there still is a structure. So typically I would start with, you know, doing some vision casting. What are we up to? Come up with some different categories. How are they different related? But, you know, it still comes up with a framework of goals. What, where are we, what's the bullseye here? And then every session is about that learning and action where a client will have one to three specific steps that they're working on that they'll, you know, we'll then unpack it the next time, figure out, you know, problem solve it or just just move it forward. So it's, you know, that's the hallmark of coaching is to have some sort of insight that's so impactful, it could really even change the trajectory of your life. But then you've got to put it into action and generate some new results real time. So it's in some ways, it's hard to even define without getting until you have the experience of coaching, you don't really know exactly um but it's a solid industry i'm pleased to say and because it does work so I, absolutely and i think there, there there is that one of the things i've talked about is in that process of selecting a coach you know making sure they're certified um there is like a lot of people that i think characterize themselves as coaches these days but i do think there is a methodology and a structure to coaching and what i think is great about it from a coachy perspective, but certainly in, in my experience working with clients, is that when you come together to meet, you may have something on your mind where it's like, I've been thinking about it for all week and I know I'm gonna get, get I'm gonna be meeting with you and so I'm like ready to go. I'm like, yes, Sarah, these are the things I want to do. But there's other times where it's maybe not as clear and that's okay too because when you get into the conversation and you start to have this open dialogue, one of the big parts of coaching is that open-ended inquiry of asking questions that usually start with what and how. <laughs> and that gets someone thinking. And when you think about us in the hamster wheel of life, it's like when you step away, now I have dedicated time with you, you're focused on me. When do you get that really? That's what's so great about it. It's like you're just focused on me and listening to me and I'm able to really explore um, what's happening. And then you've been able to help me and what coaches, if they're good at this, are able to frame pretty quickly like we've got an hour, yeah. let's make sure we're gonna get to the things that you wanna get done in an hour and like it's gonna feel like you did something here. It's not, yeah. it, it's very productive for me. Like I'm a, I love being productive. Yes. <laughs> so even in coaching, I love being, and it's such a great way, I think, to feel productive uh, yes. when you go through the process. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm trained and have the experience now at this point that like every session is meant to be impactful. Yeah. And, um, and what's interesting is that 
maybe you haven't a focus, but you could even start talking. And I start kind of thinking about that. Okay, what is it about this thing that seems kind of tangential to us, our session that actually is really important that we need to dig into? Like I literally just finished with a client that had start, she's two months into a new job and was wanting to figure out how to like calm her anxiety at the like quarter end push. It's gonna be happening every quarter end. Well, in drilling down, it really ended up being an identity conversation. Hmm. Like she was putting expectations on herself about her work. And when we were able to reframe it to uh, like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm in a transition. What if job performance is more than just handing in the work? What if job performance is about connecting with my teammates? You know, it's about learning. It's about like, just even reframing that. It's like, you could see the, the light bulb go off of, and the, the ease and relief um, and confidence that she had, e even though we took one little thing that was kind of like needling her but we unpacked it in such a deep way that you could see that you know she and it it was actually taking a lesson that she learned six months ago when she was coming off maternity leave about oh yeah that's right this time is also about giving myself grace mm -hmm. and so it's like it was a new iteration but took that lesson forward and um, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, no. but I just... Well, yeah, I think I just, the thing that's cool about it, too, that people might not know, this will probably kind of put it, we can tie it up in terms of what it is, but I think the other piece of it is you are actually, as the coach, you are driving it more than you think you are. And so that's, mm -hmm. I think, when it's working really well, too. It's like the coach's job isn't to do the heavy lifting necessarily. We're a guide as, as someone is really driving their own thought processes, but it's just that, that protected time to do that. So... And being um, the client. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The absolutely. It. I'm. I might be guiding it, but they're. I'm actually following their direction. Yes. So it's, it's such an easy relationship that just the way that I'm asking questions and you know just being very present that you don't feel like you being the client don't feel really pressured that you need to perform in any way. We're essentially just having a, a deep, meaningful conversation. Yeah. Since this is a career-centered podcast, tell me a little bit about your path to this point. So, you know, you've just talked about where you are from a, um, you're kind of in this small percentage of people that have what the certification that you have. It's taken a lot, 2,000 hours is not, no small accomplishment in terms of being able to articulate that you've, you've accomplished that. So how did we get here? What, what, did you always know you wanted to be a coach? Tell me a little bit about your path. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information. No, I've had multiple <laughs> careers, really. I started out of college, so my background is English and sociology. Fresh out of college, I actually worked as a magazine editor. Now it was for a health magazine called Prevention, which I believe has since folded, but um, so it was, and that's when I got certified as a personal trainer, you know, had a couple other jobs, but then decided to go back for my master's degree in exercise science. The irony of my whole career is that I gained weight in grad school, getting my exercise science degree, <laughs> but that's where I really learned of, okay, there's, it's more than just, you know, calories in calories out there's also a lot of you know I, I was very unsettled where I was going relationship wise and with my career and so there were a lot of emotions involved in it but once I got you know got straightened out in coaching 
got received coaching. Then I started my own outdoor fitness training business, but very quickly, because as part of my grad school I um, training, I did my thesis with, it was Well Coaches was the name of the company, but they had just started a few years back. And so, so the, the grad school, so the thesis project was actually first chance for me to get certified as a wellness coach. And so I very quickly realized that this passion of mine, I put it under the umbrella of my outdoor fitness training business, but quickly saw that it needed to be its own business. And that's when I started Truce and even kind of flipped it, that Truce became, the coaching business became more of the umbrella. And I did a little bit of personal mm. outdoor, personal training as part of it. But I mean, I, that was so many years ago and I've been coaching for 18 plus years now. And like I said, it just has been, I don't know, five, seven years ago that I really realized that I'm really starting to attract more of the professional. So that's when I, I started really focusing on how do I wanna rebrand myself, still have that passion for well-being, but help others to make those connections in life-changing ways. Um, so now I'm at the point of, you know, I just decided to go back and get my, you know, get that accreditation, which that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball game and investment in time, energy. Yeah. I think I had like 35 client sessions that I recorded where you're like making sure that you're hitting all the competencies. And, uh, and now I'm at the point, so thrilled that that happened. Um, and now I'm at the point of, maybe because I'm a go-getter, we're very much like, like that, Teresa, is that I'm investing in some assessments because because my I've reinvented myself along the way, I don't have the classic coach training. I have years of experience, but I'm not coming out of a leadership or executive coaching certification program. So in some ways I'm doing a little bit of catch up in order to make myself marketable. So getting certified in just some assessments, yeah. one is a whatever, 360 assessment called the yeah. Leadership Circle Profile. Yeah. Another one is called the Hogan Suite. Yeah, just to kind of continue to evolve. And at the same time, being a, solopreneur, it's really important to be making connections with others. So I've got a few different contracts that I'm on that I really like to reach out and with other other coaches and kind of feel like I create a team for myself. So that can sometimes take up some important time too. You enter, You said the word solopreneur, which I don't know that I've heard that term. And like just in terms of having your own thing for so long, maybe you could just give a couple lessons learned. Like I feel like having having your own business for so long, yeah. I'm sure there's been a couple of points along the way that maybe some of us that aren't as far down the path might learn from you <laughs> in terms of owning your own business. Uh, let's see, I actually, in preparing for this, I did jot down some thoughts, <laughs> let me see. So one is, it's very much about just like, you know, maybe this is a, a cultural thing. It is a cultural thing is to like get right to the outcome as opposed to just being okay right where you are. So enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, oh my gosh, I, I look at new business owners and it, my heart goes out to them because it's like, you feel like you got to do so much. I'm like, it, it's, it's actually a very simple process, but just take one thing at a time. You know, here's what you need to do to actually, you know, create an LLC, right. more simple than, you know, but, but we get, this is the mindset that trips us up. We get thinking that there, it's more than it needs to be. Um, but then, you know, okay, then figuring out who your typical, you know, how client is. Like, we just take it one step at a time. It really can be that simple if you stay present to it. And then trust yourself. Like, trust your instincts. Trust that you'll figure it out along the way. Uh, I mean, that's probably, those are kind of some global lessons that... 
I think too, you're someone just fr from working with you, even though I'm on the other side, it, it feels to me like you're very organized and you have a fair amount of discipline about the way you approach things. So uh, I'm always looking for, for tips on how to be better organized and prioritization and all of those things. So is there any anything that works for you from a methodology of mm -hmm. like keeping yourself organized and, and, and prioritized? Well, I definitely, I work with my schedule. Like I will take on a <laughs> Thursday night or a Friday, I will actually like look at what is the real schedule look like for next week. And it, it, you know, it might change the day before and I can still work with that, but to try and get all the components where, you know, that also as a business owner, as you know, there is, you know, working in the business versus working on the business. Yeah. So making sure that you have time to work on the business and not just be doing doing the stuff of the business, which is still important, which I love. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, very much about scheduling. I wouldn't say I'm so great with time management in terms of like, still haven't learned the lesson that things take twice as long as you think they're going to. But yeah, I would say that's probably it. And then otherwise, I mean, I'm a paper girl. I don't know if it's necessarily like organized, but I take notes because I, as I'm getting older, I have a horrible memory. So I have a good filing system just for like my notes and I'm able to reference things. I have actually like a whole folder of if I do need to reference a blog or a tool that I want to bring into coaching, even though most of it's organic, I have like a whole folder where I'm able to kind of quickly go to it, kind of my go-to things. So I've, that keeps me, I'm organized, but it able, enables me to be on my toes. I, I absolutely, and I, I've experienced that as your client. Like, I think there have been things you're like, oh, I have something, and then you're like, it's right there. I'm like, damn, how does she know exactly where it is? I would be like, just a minute, just a minute, I'm gonna find it. So I think the idea of, of spending that time to, to, to be prepared, you know, whether it's like to your point that Thursday night or that Friday day or that to your point around on the business. And I think this applies even if you don't have your own business, frankly. Like even if you're in a, in a corporate, any job really, just that idea of like, giving yourself time to focus on time management from the aspect of, okay, mm -hmm. what do I have that's coming up? What do I have, like, you know, what's due in two weeks that I need to sort of back out from that date? And then rather than just actively reacting to what's coming at you, you know, there is a, there is a discipline to it. Well, and, and to, if I were to take that even one step further, it just occurred to me that literally in the last year plus, I have started to create a 15 minute buffer between meetings. And that would apply for any professional. Yes. Um, that just to get yourself, you know, whatever, get yourself organized, take care of yourself, but then also get yourself present because so much of any business or career is about relationship. Yeah. And so you do yourself and the other person an honor by, you know, respecting that time and space when you, even if it's a 15 or 30 minute meeting. Yeah. Right? So. Let's talk a little bit just about, because I feel like for all the people out there, while I know this is only just a portion of what you do, I do, I feel like I, I would not be serving my fellow <laughs> sort of coaches out there that are focused on the sort of weight management aspect or, or bringing sort of that aspect of, of their holistic person into the place that they mm -hmm. want it to be in their life. So for example, I feel like as you've worked with people, are there any themes and it may it may be a hard an question to answer because I don't know each person is so different but I am curious there you know it's like what a multi-billion dollar industry the whole like diet fitness the whole thing right and so as you've worked with people and as people are you know working on this aspect of themselves are there any themes 
or anything that you see that's pretty consistent where if people were to think about it from that perspective, it would be helpful. You know, so, so it's, I mean, I know there's not like, here are these three things and then you're all magically gonna be what you wanna be, but I, I suspect you see some consistent themes. I, I do, and you know, I'd be happy to answer that in just a moment, but I can't help but play devil's advocate and kind of turn that question around, Teresa, and ask like, what was pivotal for you? I think for me, there's, I think one of the ways I could characterize it, especially with someone who's who's had a lifetime, I would characterize as sort of a lifetime issue with this, where it started, I think the first time I was put in Weight Watchers, I was 11 years old, so it's pretty young. And I think starting at that point, starting to think this is wrong with me, right, at 11, versus like, could I have just been a chubby kid that needed to like outgrow that, who knows, right? But that, that already starting so early, and so, I think by the time I'm, I started working with you, you know, at 52, or 51 if I was, but um, is that it's less about something I'm trying to fix, and it's more about understanding how it can work well in my life. If that understood, it, it, it was like, a, and to you talk about a mindset, mindset change for me, and I know when I came to you, I was sort of at this place of like, I feel like it's owning me instead of me owning it. Yeah. And so maybe that's a consistent theme <laughs> where people feel that kind of, that agita of like, um, why I'm a fairly like intelligent human. Like, why do I feel like I succumb to this issue versus me being able to con- control it? So I definitely think that was something for me. I think there's so much out there to tell you what you should be doing, that Uh it's really, I almost feel like it can be an addiction of like, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this. You know, by the time I got to you, like I said, at my advanced age, I mean, I've tried everything, right? And so there's something in that too that's like, maybe stop trying so hard. Give me, yeah, you want, we want the magic pill. It just and and really kind of and I think there's a hole for me and while coaching isn't necessarily about this I do think for you and I it, it ended up really helping me do think there's an emotional undercurrent I do think there's mm-hmm. like sort of old, what we call kind of old pain or old history that sort of drove a lot of those yeah. habits and decisions and me being I think finally at a point and ready to unpack that in a way that didn't feel too therapeutic but was a breakthrough. You know, I think we had we've had several of those which has really helped me change the way I think about it. So that's I would say my personal journey, but I'm interested if it's similar with other clients you work with or you know if it's just unique to each person. It's, well, it is so different and yet there are some themes and I will actually even since we're not in the coaching session, I'll even bring in like a little bit of my history because yeah. I do sometimes get things be like how do you you've been doing this healthy lifestyle thing for years. And I, I really, you know, I still overeat or emotionally at times. It's just less and not as frequent. And I basically, the only difference that I see is that I get back in the saddle very quickly. Like I never think, I just see the long arc of this. But at one point in time, I learned that a stat, nobody ever talks about this, but dieting is the number one cause of weight gain long-term. Dieting is. Mm-hmm. because of that short fix mentality, but then you say the heck with it and then you go to the opposite extreme and you know, it's just so, 
my approach when I coach clients towards is it's so counter-cultural, it's counterintuitive, but it's, and it takes longer, but it really is. I mean, I boldly put myself out there as a transformation coach. And this is true also, you know, we're talking about weight loss and the wellness focus, but it's also true, you know, if you're combating imposter syndrome, you've yeah. got to like basically be willing to take yourself on and so there's there's less trying in the traditional way, but there's more yeah. trying in terms of trusting yourself and like reinventing your identity and kind of like calming down and slowing things down yeah. in order to really learn the lessons that you need to learn. So in terms of like there there is a discipline to it, but it's a very different type of discipline. It's you know, it's more of a mindset discipline um, or even in terms of discipline, I even think about so at, six years ago, I flickered into the pre-diabetes range. It's like, what? I'm a wellness coach. I can't have pre-diabetes. What is that about? But when I really examined was like, okay, this is, you know, clearly I'm eating more carbs than my body can handle and made some choices to do things differently. Now, somebody looking on the outside in would say like, oh, surely she's on a diet. The thing is, and this is entirely the distinction, I'm not relating to it as such. And I know for you, you've, you know, mm -hmm. you've got some other issues that you've looked in in terms of like, you need to eat a certain way for digestive reasons. It, when you make it a choice, that breaks things open and it really nullifies like all the judgment. So yes, there's a discipline to it, but it's because I come from a place of choice that, that ends up, that freedom makes all the difference. And so I might be doing the same things that like the weight loss industry is, is teaching, but because it's such a different come from, or, you know, when clients finally get there, it's such a different come from it's, mm -hmm. it's a freeing approach and either they lose the weight or they come actually oftentimes clients just come to a place of true acceptance, yeah. but there's like no longer that fight. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see. And like you've regained your life back in that. Yeah. Um, the last couple of things I actually would say is that keep it fun. Like, I mean, I, I like eating yummy food. You got to kind of keep making sure that the recipes are yummy and streamline, making them easy. And then another pivotal thing is to like ask for support. We always want to do this on our own, but we're not meant to in these lives. So yeah. resource other. Yeah, there were two things too. I think one of the things that attracted to me was the spiritual aspect of like, you know, one of the things that when I looked you up, like, I don't think we've had a ton of that in our sessions or conversations, but definitely just that element of like being a spiritual person and knowing that there's something else at play there, I think, and figuring out how that factors in. And the other thing I think that I would share, because I think it's like, it's part of why I wanted to talk with you and have you on is just, you know, in my own sort of vulnerability and, and being able to say, you know, this is kind of what worked for me. One of the things that I think has been a big obstacle for me and I'll know exactly where I was when we had this conversation which is kind of funny I was getting my car fixed and I was like standing in a parking lot <laughs> talking to you normally we're on like this but it was just one of those days where it was like we were both you know flexible enough to just say let's have it anyway the conversation but this idea that like I had sort of defined myself as a bigger person right for most of my life and like who that identity question of like if I'm not you know, if I'm not carrying an extra 25 pounds, then who am I? And that it was less, so it was so, if you think about it and you're like, okay, I've spent my whole life in this sort of diet race, fighting a thing that even if I got the thing I wanted, it would start to like worry me or I'd have fear about it. And yeah. I remember the transformation conversation of like, but what if 
you could feel powerful and be this different version of you, not just like the way you've sort of defined it your whole life. So I feel like that was a huge breakthrough. And like I said, I was standing in the middle of this parking lot. It's so funny how it can happen. And I would absolutely say that was a transformational like moment in terms of seeing myself differently. Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get a promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today... We are 8,000 listeners and 15 countries strong. Now back to the show. It's so it's so curious how our minds play on things because there's like the fear of failure, but there's also the fear of success. Like we make up that like, oh, if I'm this thinner person, then, oh, well, first of all, if you make it about torture, then who wants to continue that for the rest of our lives? But it's also about like, okay, that's going to mean that I've got to like shrink my personality and not be as bold. And like, we make these preconceived notions that are so related to our identity. And I still remember, I think Teresa, correct me if I'm wrong, that the word that came about is unleash. Yes. You decided like, how am I going to like actually start unleashing myself in a new way? So it was bringing up your goals to match your powerful personality, how you saw yourself as a strong woman, but just actually use that already anchored identity as a way for you to shift how you were approaching your healthy lifestyle and just start unleashing there. And so. like, and associating that with like a good thing, like being, being unleashed mm-hmm. is a great thing. And why not? And why can't you have that? It was sort of that idea of space. Like you had sent me that Marianne Williams quote, I think that was like, you know, it's, you're like kind of this bold, awesome, beautiful being and you deserve to be that in the world in every way. Everybody yes. does. And so just yeah. own the space and, and, and you know, like you're kind of your own obstacle from being that person. It's like all you, it's not like other people are doing it to you. Um, yeah. You're yeah. kind of doing it all on your own. And maybe you need to like have a, a difficult conversation. That's a different form of unleashing. You know, it's not in order to get the support that you need or, you know, whatever is triggering you that's, you know, causing stress that then causes you to like go you know raid the kitchen or whatever like that's what you need to you know start really showing up in taking care of the things that are really what's driving the emotions and the other things that start to unravel healthy living like when you start syncing things together and have that alignment i mean that's when yeah i keep saying like things break open it's true though it's, it's fascinating. And then I guess one question I have for you, if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I, you know, and for it, you and me, it may be a sem- same answer, but I'm curious, like, when is someone ready to come see you, mm-hmm. right? Like that idea of like, oh, I'll be ready in six months to go talk to a coach <laughs> versus like, yeah. is it now or do I need to be in a certain headspace? How would you respond to that? Well, I mean, there's never any perfect timing. However, you do need to feel like you, uh, like I'm looking for a high level of commitment, like, you know, and the way that I would articulate this is that essentially you come to the end of yourself and all the other methods that you've been trying. 
Like you've really got to be ready to sign up for something new. And we're talking about paradigm shifting here. Yeah. So it's, it's a little like uncomfortable because it's kind of like Mr. Toad's wild ride, especially in the beginning. We're not really sure where we're going, but there's a, you know, even in a consultation with a client, like they'll get a sense and we'll get a sense and, you know, if the match is right, that there's something special. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's a believing and a hope that comes from it. And so, yeah, I would say like, you gotta be willing to see things differently and to do that that cognitive shifting that is absolutely key to any behavior change. I remember in your intake, one of the questions you asked me, it was something like, you know, how, how willing are you to change or how committed are you? And I think I put like out of 10, like a six or seven. You're like, uh, (laughs) this was before we even talked. I think this This was was even by email. This was by email. And I was like, I am coming, I'm coming at this, this approach to doing it this time in a very different way where I was not going to bullshit. I was going to be very, transparent about like my fatigue with it and I think the way you came back to me was like oh this is an interesting commitment (laughs) like tell me more I think is how you came back to me and then it was also like we did get sort of that hope piece in there and I think if there's a hope to change and you're willing to take accountability and like I think through my other responses you could see like I was there but I do think there is like I'm ready to be accountable I do have hope and while I don't know about my commitment because I have this hasn't worked yet so I think that's what really important piece of like you know it's so many of my clients are pretty jaded so they want to have hope but like those hopes have been dashed in in the past so what makes what you're offering so different and you know, I just keep coming back to like, I, you know, I have different lessons that I might sprinkle, sprinkle in, whether it's a leadership focus, of right. how to combat right. the, you know, how to define your personal brand or combat imposter syndrome and the wellness focus, it might be how to become more of an intrinsic exerciser, intuitive eater. But really, it's about those like creating those generative moments. And yeah, I think it's, it's regardless of who you are, and what your goals are, there's a certain type of commitment and ownership that I think everyone has to have. And like, if you've got that, then, then you're, that's a good place to start. Yeah. It's, I mean, in the end, it it comes back to your willingness to like, just really trial something new. Yes. There might be some learning involved in it, but it's, it's about trying a brand new way of relating to your body, your eating, your leadership, whatever it is. And what yeah. would you say when you think about, and you've mentioned a couple of things, I think, along the way, like you talked about being pre-diabetes and then even when you were in your exercise science program. I'm curious if there was, and, be, and because I think when people listen to this podcast, I, I really like for them to hear like if there was a certain person, like a mentor or a moment or something for you that was kind of a pivotal, like changed your own path in a way that was pretty significant. Um, I call them sort of like shape shifting or like people call them watershed moments, but, and you, you know, people maybe have more than one, but what's something for you that is like, that was, you know, a pretty impactful moment for you in terms of your journey? In terms of people, it was definitely my grandmother Mm -hmm. who to be 99 and she, she was actually a teacher like, you know, back in the 10 classes in one school room kind of days, like that's how she started her career. But she was just the, like, clearly the like most essential type of listener. So that's what I mean by she was a natural coach because she would be in the middle of the conversation and like usually 
you know, politely, you would put your fork down if you're the one talking. She would put her fork down because she would be listening so intensely. And just at the baseline, all of us want to feel understood. That's mm -hmm. like a basic human emotion. So just the presence that she carried. And I don't know, I just, it was something that I wanted to model being her. And so when I, I mean, I kind of, in a way, fell into coaching, but I, I now, you said like, oh, did you ever know this is what you want to do? I didn't, but now I do. Like, I right. want to coach for the rest of my life because in a way it's, it's my way to really model such a powerful person that I saw my grandmother. It's so nice when you have that model. And also I loved when sometimes we're at a point and you realize, oh, I'm here. <laughs> like I was meant to be here all along. And I just, you know, got here in, an, in a different way. I'll never forget when we, when I was like in my late 20s, I think we were just married. <clears throat> and my husband was like, the coaching industry at that time was really just starting, frankly. Like, they, I don't even know if I, the federation had been established yet. So it was still a very, like, I would say unregulated field. And he saw something about coaching and he was like, this, this you should be doing this. Like, that was 30 years ago. And um, mm -hmm. I remember being scared, one, by like, that it wasn't very established and there wasn't really enough out there to say this was like a credible thing. And two, I felt like, do I have enough to like offer somebody in terms of my own experiences to be a good coach? Mm -hmm. And I think what you learn, it's the listening <laughs> that's really mm -hmm. the most powerful aspect of being a good coach. And in, in some, and they say sometimes you're a better coach to people where you don't know what they do uh, because yeah. you don't have preconceived ideas of what they should be doing or how they should be doing it. And, and then my own fear of like, well, that's gonna require some more schooling or certification or what, you know, and it's like these, but now here I am and it's like, yeah, it was always meant to be. It just took me, you know, just took a while to get to that spot. So the fact that your yeah. grandmother at such an early age and that you, you recognize that, and for sure before yeah. the like you know industry was coming about yeah. but yeah so let's talk a little bit about my, my favorite subject which is soft skills mm -hmm. <laughs> and we i mean we've probably talked a bit about it but i i'm curious for you um in your role you know as you think about executive leadership and training and development and the workshop space that you're in like in terms of that kind of space you're playing in right now whether your own journey or the people that you work with within your clients what would you say are one or two soft skills that, that are really critical to, to their success? Well, we just, we just talked about listening, right? Which is kind of the flip of communication. Most people think about speaking. Um, so listening on many different levels. Um, I, but actually what I would point to is in terms of presenting, this is just how I do presentations. So I don't know if this would have value for your listeners or not, but I really make it more of a co coaching conversation like I make it coaching oriented in that I make it interactive. I ask questions. I might, you know, do breakouts and and come back and let's have a discussion, do some debrief because I always want somebody to contextualize for their life so that they walk away with value and that they can apply immediately and even like have a, a buddy during that whatever training session that they can report back to so that it doesn't just fall flat. But it's it's also about, you know, so that's a coaching aspect, but it's also about making it conversational. So I might have a you know, I don't have really slicked presentation decks, but it's, you know, I make it more of a dialogue and that actually puts the pressure off me so that I can also show up really real. So that was one thing I was thinking about in terms of 
that style of communication where you're presenting. And then the other thing was that I am trained in an assessment tool that's about RQ. RQ is the new EQ, relationship intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, and as part of that, it's also knowing, you know, what motivates you, what motivates others, like how can you speak to your audience, whether it's a one-on-one or a group of people in such a way that they'll feel like you are speaking to them. You know, some people are more oriented by people, others are more oriented by performance. So being able to adapt your language so that immediately they feel heard makes a big difference as well as just, uh, I would say, uh, like needing to have the fortitude to have those difficult conversations, but to do so in a sensitive way. And I'm always trying to, you know, part of this assessment tool, it's also learning, okay, what are some strengths that I tend to overdo? My confidence works great with clients to the point that it becomes arrogance. My husband will tell you that that's always the case, you know, but I am constantly checking myself of like, you know, I might even have somebody review an email because like, oh, this is something, you know, or get the points down that I want to say and even do a little, it sounds like very hemming and hawing when I start a conversation out, but it's doing the other person in honor of framing things as, I, this is really important to me. I'm not sure it's how it's going to land with you. So I'm, I'm trying here, but just showing up real. So that authenticity um, that embedded it in relationship intelligence, but it's also about just being very human. I, I feel like that's like a new angle that most people don't talk about in terms of communication. You know, there's also techniques to assertive communication and I'd be happy to talk about that, but that's, you know, really, yeah. you're, you're, you're the star there, Teresa. But it's just, it's also the like, how can we bring that transparency and authenticity to our communication, which is so needed in the business world, for sure. It's so interesting. I talked to someone yesterday and this, concept of relationships are at the center of everything and they they really are I, you know it just doesn't matter what you do what profession you're in your relationships with your clients your relationships if you're a tradesperson right with with who you're working with with respect to building a home you know if you're a construction person your relationships with um, if you're a musician your relationships with other musicians in an orchestra like I don't care what you do the, the ability to relate and connect to people and what you yeah. described around that authentic interpretation or active listening or being real, I think it's so important and it can't, you can't sort of undervalue it. I, I feel like we, and, and, you know, as we progress in technology and AI and ChatGPT and all these things, which are great, it, it, it just makes it that much more important that you and I can relate as humans to be able to interpret that and use that too at the best of our, you know, capability. So it's um, as hospital it's your personal relationships, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. 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 And it's we've talked about how the wellness and the leadership like kind of dovetails together, but also sometimes when I work with a client, I'll ask them what they do at home that just comes so naturally to them. Those relationships, they're so solid. And, you know, how can you translate that same, you know, if it's a dad speaking to his, you know, kids, how can you translate that same sensitivity and authority? Like you strike that balance naturally at home. How can you actually have that in your leadership? Um, and that's when the light bulbs also go off too, is that is trying to figure out how to communicate in just very real ways. Oh my gosh. And how you compartmentalize it, because I'm thinking of the flip side. I'm thinking of like, I've seen great leaders and like, how, how can you translate that to being a parent? You know, it's like you compartmentalize and you think I need to be this way in this world. And then I come into this world. And I, that's definitely something you and I have worked like a lot on. And it's helped me a lot to say, like, 
the where the where areas of my life that I achieve well and I feel good about why can't I take some of those same attributes yeah. and and the way that I approach certain things to the to these other areas Lisa, I still remember this this was a few months back this client that was in Italy and like this is early on in our coaching engagement but like within a couple of sessions her confidence was soaring because we hit upon this idea of you know particularly her presentation skills she in the course of our coaching she landed on wanting to have a picture a photo of her like two-year-old daughter to start her presentation just as a way to like you know hey i'm sure there's some other parents in the audience right now i don't even know what the point was but it was just to make her so relatable and she's continued that line and it's like completely like people are loving her leadership style because and her confidence is soaring so that was a breakthrough moment of yeah we need to just bring that human real aspect yes. wherever it, we are so at home true. or on the job and that is i mean is that that's like I don't know, soft skill to like the nth degree because you're really at like that's mastering the art, I guess, of soft skills. Yep. That's so funny you say that when I was at um, my son's orientation, the head of their career center started his presentation with a 20 year old picture of himself in college. Mm. And he started there and every parent in that audience, you could just see sort of relax. It was like, oh, this guy gets it just just by doing that. Did, hadn't even yes. said a word yet because you're, you know, oh, you're anxious for you. It was my first kid going to college, so I'm super anxious. And I'm like, you know, in the orientation, like every single word that people are saying, I'm sort of holding on tight. And just that image. And I was like, oh, he's got this and he's got them. And it just, you know, that picture says a thousand words for sure. Yeah. So it's Sorry. it's great yeah. that she, yeah, that's like, it's pretty powerful. Uh, so my last question for you is really, you know, now that we've talked about this path and it's, gosh, it's been such an interesting journey for you in terms of where you've kind of come and gone with respect to your coaching and where your focus is now. And when you think about like a younger version of Sarah, maybe mm -hmm. early 20s, and you kind of think back and you were to like put your arm around her and give her a little advice, what kind of advice would you give her that might make the path a little bit easier? It would be to just like, you know, again, I'm really learning, talk about 50, I'm going to be turning 50 in two weeks. Ah, happy almost so, birthday. <laughs> thank you. I I'm, I'm, think I'm finally on the cusp of learning the whole idea of just like calming down and not getting ahead of myself. And it's so driven and it's culturally, you know, it's, it's definitely supported, but it's just like, trust that things will work out in their own timing and that you're right where you're meant to be. You know, so yes, it's important to have drive and, you know, get things done and not to the point that it's like I'm throwing myself or other people under the bus. Right. right. So, yeah, it, it, finding that balance, I guess that would, you know, again, back to just trust yourself and trust that things will, will work out. Yeah. That's what I share with my younger self. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you for spending the time with me and for being on Relatable. I'm so happy to have the conversation thank with you. you. It's been, yeah, it's this has been delightful. such a pleasure to talk with you and, and, and in a different way. So I really appreciate it. Thank you to Sarah for coming on the show and sharing your journey. Here's what stood out for me, the importance of changing one's mindset when making a lifestyle change, why you should ask for support because doing it alone is not easy, the importance of relationship intelligence and how to adapt your language and message to make an impact on others.
Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our relatable community. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe and rate us on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.